This is the beautiful game described by two ugly gentlemen. Glory to Columbus! Who are probably sitting at a soccer bar near you. McBride's in the box. A hard cross. McBride scores! It's 3-0 United States! Welcome to Bone and Bean United. Happy Soccer Podcast Day. What is up? I am Bone. And I am Beam. And we are currently going to be coaching people through pregnancies. Uh, (laughs) That's what we're doing on the podcast today. We were doing before the podcast. I, a man who's never given birth to anything, was telling Way Beam, to mansplain to me. Beam, All right, man. who's also never going to give birth to anything, about what Meredith can expect, his yeah. wife, when she gives birth to their lovely baby boy. Pregnancy class last night. It was very eye-opening. <laughs> right. That's probably where the lessons were better taken than from this idiot sitting across <laughs> from you. I was more or less trying to help Beamer understand what might happen in the delivery room, but the reality is there's every pregnancy is different. Yeah. What to Expect When You're Expecting is a long book that I did not read, but I also did not write, so I don't need to give advice. I haven't uh, read that either. We do have that. Haven't read it. Right. Uh, I have been reading from Dude to Dad, though, which oh, is just like, a, go. it's like, hey, man, you need to get your shit together. You do. You, you know what? That's welcome <laughs> yeah. to dad life. Yeah. <laughs> I'm like, oh, yeah, yeah. Uh-huh. Kind of got that. Yeah. Okay. Uh, good, good news. Even if you don't have it together, you still end up being a dad and it just... That's what I found out the most is like I've had moments now as a parent where I said, oh, my God, I'm saying the thing my dad said. Yeah. I'm like, that's because I said so. It's like and that progressive like, commercial. Why? You're turning into Why? your parents. Or that whatever. I never wanted Geico to say. Whatever it is. Right. I never wanted to say the phrase because I said so. And there's just some moments in life when you have, at least in our case, you have three of them. You have a three-year-old. It's like, I know one go nine-nine. It's like, why? You have to. Why, Daddy? Because it's nine-nine time. Why? Because it is. Because it's time to go to bed. Because I'm tired and everybody else is asleep. That's why. All right, anyway. on, man. It's party time. It is. it is. Anyway, dad life, great. You'll love it. Never a problem. It's, it's so much fun. I also, we, you know, I used to caddy out at uh, Muirfield. We kind of had a caddy creed, caddy code. Okay. Don't, don't must code. be nice, me. Mm. I knew you. I knew you were about to. Don't must be nice. Yeah, yeah. carrying around right. two two sacks around for four hours, I, walking ten miles. Yeah, it sounds. I awesome wasn't going to must be nice. I was just going to say you, that's quite the name drop that you put. Just oh, I, I caddied at a Muirfield. Yeah, people you know. know. You can caddy anywhere. Muirfield. Was that's <laughs> that's anyway, right. Go ahead. And we had we had a creed, and I think I'm going to take the same creed, the caddy creed, into the into the delivery room. It was show up, keep up, and shut up. And I think mm-hmm. that's going to be my that's, that's my mo. Mm. My That's MO. it. I could use the shut up for sure. I need to do more <laughs> of the shutting up. I've gotten better at the keeping up. I got I got quicker, but and I do always show up, but I just don't show. I up. always show up. It just depends on the day, I guess. <laughs> well, physically, and in what, and in there's what also state I'm in. did I show up physically or mentally? Because right. physically, always here. Mentally, eh, it's about 50, 50. yeah, 40, 60, 40 for me. <laughs> Of right. not showing up. Right, that's what I mean. All right, so plenty to get to today that does not involve baby talk. Uh, we will be talking about a little match that happened between my diehard love of my team, Leeds United, and Manchester United, Beam's team that he just adopted this year for yep. whatever reason. Yep. New manager uh, bump. Oh, yeah, we'll talk about that. Uh, and also, what happens with the old manager now? Does that have anything to do with U.S. soccer? More on that. We also talk about Lionel Messi's brother, who's just saying things, which... Again, must be nice to have a famous brother who made all this money and then you just get, you know, a platform to say whatever stupid BS you want to lay out there. Uh, and Manchester City, not mm. not great. I thought, what better show to discuss Manchester City's woes on than with a guy <laughs> who is a 
diehard Manchester United fan. I'm sure, Beam, you will have completely unbiased thoughts on this. Me? I always do, baby. You always do on Manchester City. You always feel very just down the middle with them. If you can... If you could see me right now, I'm grinning ear to ear. Oh, you are. Yeah. I'm I glowing. I, can, I mean, I can see it, but I can also hear it. I can hear the grin. <laughs> yes. <laughs> That's right. The maniacal laughter says it all. Um, so let's start with Leeds United. Yeah. They sacked the manager, as the Brits like to say. They got rid of Jesse Marsh in a what to me is a befuddling move. Um, not not I think that, we're bef- I think we're on the same page of this one. I'm not saying that Jesse Marsh deserved to see the season out. I'm not sure, saying that he was the right man for the job. I'm not saying he was getting through to the players. What I am saying is you just had a whole transfer window where you brought in dudes and you spent money and you went through all that. And then you gave him one game with that group. And then of course, like losing to forest, not okay. I'm no offense to the forest fans. I know we got quite a few that listen. Yeah, they got the local supporters yep. group. Uh, that meets at Combustion, yes. I want to say, is where they meet. In Clintonville. Yeah, good stuff. If uh, You know, I'd like to get out there and see a game with them. But Forrest got a nice win against Leeds. They deserved it. And then right after that, they were like, all right, that's enough. We're in a relegation battle. Can't have us, can't drop points like that. Act swiftly through your head. Just got you all these players and now, nope. Now so, somebody else go do something with him. Right. So I, I've never understood that movement of let's let this guy get all the players, buy all the groceries, and then one game in, he didn't see immediate results. Well, it's time to now make a new chef come in with the ingredients that are barely used and have him make a different different menu item than what the other guy was planning, but with the same ingredients. It doesn't make sense to me. I don't know make, why you do it. Yeah, it doesn't make any sense to me. And it's not like this is the first time that this has happened. I mean, this happens constantly. Oh, I know. Uh, where you yeah. find your team in a relegation battle or maybe – you know, you're just not living up to the expectations that you've had this season. Then, oh, we're going to go out and we're going to spend 50, 60, 70, 80, 100 million dollars or pounds in this case uh, on players that we've designated to run this one specific system that you have brought in. And we're just going to give you give you a long leash and we're going to be good to go. And we have trust in our manager. That wasn't the case for Jesse Marsh. And I'm with you. I don't know. I would have liked to see Jesse Marsh at least get a month, six weeks, you know, in charge. I mean, you have to yeah. look at the reality of the situation bone is like, we're not, it's not the last eight weeks of the season. Like we're not, it's, is it pivotal for teams in situations of relegation to keep on accruing points? Yeah, obviously it is. Like you don't want to find yourself. We found ourselves doing that with the crew, right? It's like, Oh, you've got four more weeks and four more games. Like all of a sudden now you need to go. It's like, well, you needed to go at the start of the season and you haven't lived up to the ability to do that. But it will always be befuddling to me right after a transfer window. I mean, this is within this is within a couple of days of the transfer window shutting, spending a bunch of money and letting go of the guy. And whether that be Jesse Marsh or whether that be Zinedine Zidane or whether that be some unnamed Brazilian manager, say Hulk did this. It, my American point of view means absolutely nothing in this it's just it's mind-boggling to me but again i don't own these teams i'm not paying those coaches and if you think and you're at practice every day and you're at training and you say you know what jesse marsh isn't getting the best out of these guys we need to make a move now we need to make a move swiftly we need to remove them okay that's fine that's on you to do it that wouldn't be my tempo that wouldn't be my mo but again i don't also own these teams so who am i to say that but again befuddling i think is the word of the day because yes it was very befuddling to me yeah i i I don't understand it. And here's the only thing I know is from my leads insider sources yep. that I have okay. that I've developed. 
Uh, apparently, there was some disunity between the chairman and the board and the front. I don't, they don't call it front office, but essentially the front office type, the technical people, the soccer people, business people, all in disagreement in Leeds boardroom over what they should have done with Jesse Marsh. Some were pushing because they thought they could get like Pochettino's name has been thrown out there. It's been, you know, if that happens and you get a manager like that, sure. understandable that you may think, well, if we strike, we can get him. Thomas Tuchel. Right. There. Sure. There's names that I'm not saying this is nothing against Jesse Marsh. I like Jesse Pep Marsh. Guardiola out but there. there <laughs> yeah, there are names. I'm just saying there are guys that you could get. So if you do get those guys, if you get one of them and bring them in, maybe that changes your fortunes and you're trying to show that you're not just a relegation battle team. You want to be a top 10 team. Sure. Look at look at how the Premier League's been situated this year. You got a bunch of middle of the road to not even middle of the road teams that are suddenly up fighting for Champions League spots. Yeah. So Leeds United certainly, certainly and certainly could feel that with the right manager, maybe things change. Yeah. I just don't get why. Why not do that then? If you felt this way, why not do it before the transfer window? I know it's a month and you have a long time. And that was after a big layoff with the World Cup. So you basically, if you're Jesse Marsh had, I don't know, a handful of games before the window opened mm -hmm. and then you've got the window is open and now you don't want to make the move while you're in the window, I guess. Although maybe that would have been the time to do it. All I know is the timing sucks. It sucks even more because of the World Cup being weird and adding to this huge amount of no one's playing kind of thing going on in England. Well, but let's also not forget that Jesse Marsh just came in as a parachute reserve last year, too. Oh, I know. Yeah, he barely got a full year, not even, to do this and is already jettisoned. Yeah. So that's unfortunate for him. I don't think it speaks to his abilities as a manager. I do think he's a good manager. Maybe you don't like his sideline antics sure. and his, you know, rah-rah stuff. That's fine. Looks I, sweet and some denim, though. Oh, he, dude, I'd say he's one of the more handsome managers out there in, in professional sports. Not quite to the level of Saudi Arabia's handsomeness. Oh, no, that guy is. I don't remember his name. That guy is a god. I don't remember his but name either, but he's, he's a god. He's beautiful. He's a Frenchman. He's a French god. I don't remember his name. He's beautiful. Whatever. Anyway, yes, he is. Say magnifique. <laughs> yes. Um, so now there's a couple of things I wanted to touch on with Leeds United. So you had the game yesterday as soccer podcast days on Thursday. The game was on Wednesday, Manchester United and Leeds drawing 2-2 at Old Trafford. After... Just saying drawing 2-2 does not do the game justice. No, because yeah. Leeds gets a goal in the first minute. <laughs> After I want to say Weston McKinney kind of started off some of that to be like honest with you, a big tackle to kind of get the ball in, in possession. And then everything kind of went after that. I'll be a thousand percent honest with you. I was, you know, we had pregnancy class last night, was down at Zaftig, was taking Theo for a walk, timed it up perfectly. Where I'm like, oh, cool. We get back from the walk. It's 259. He's outside doing whatever. I'm like turning on the TV. First of all, I turned on Peacock where I'm like, oh, this Wednesday game, three o'clock going to be on that. I'm like, oh, okay, it's not on there. It must be on TV. So fired up the YouTube TV app. Literally the first thing I see is like the replay of the goal. And I'm like, what? Yeah. What happened? Then I look down on my phone. It's like, oh, good afternoon from Mr. Jonathan T-Bone Smith. And I'm yeah. like, what? Yeah, I, I was what? sending you a text what? immediately. What, just, what is going on here? Yeah. So <laughs> so they get out to the early lead. They get a second goal Leeds does. Right. And then it's, it's by 90 seconds into the second half. Yeah. So it's 2 nothing almost immediately you know, with 45 minutes to go. And I, of course, see that and go, well, there's no way this ends the way I want it to. The way I, which I want is a sweet, sweet victory over Beamers Manchester United. But instead, I know there's no way they're going to let this handle. And as soon as that happened, like 
you saw subs coming in. You saw like all well, right, they had we, some injury concerns too. Uh, Leeds did. Yeah, right. And so, wait, why are you saying during the game? Yeah, during the game, they had a player. Yes. I, first, like fifteen minutes. I don't. I don't know the names. I'm not. Trying to I'm not the lead I'm, super fan, but they had a guy. <laughs> well, I was with a hamstring I was injury working during this too, so hey, I didn't man, get to make all the excuses you want. Okay, had a hamstring fine. injury, and then had a player. It's kind of a scary situation, Marcus. Uh, hit a ball really hard from outside of the box, going for a shot. Hit a Leeds defender like right in the head. Yes. Was down. For, that's why there were eight minutes added. On, I did see that. Yeah, uh, at the I beginning of the first half, I but. saw there was a lot of stoppage time. I didn't see the highlight that showed why when we were watching in the studio. And then, yeah, I never got to see what exactly happened there. But yeah, either way, I mean, they were at two subs down before halftime. Yeah, but then Manchester United subbed some guys yeah. on too because they're like, we're down two nothing at home. This is not going to stand. This is not going to be the way of the world. And sure enough, it Sue, didn't. It didn't stand. So, Garnacho, I think, is going to be a great player. I think he's very fiery. He's young. He's 19 years old. Had a look at Argentina uh, coming up in the last World Cup cycle. Ultimately, didn't didn't end up getting selected uh, for the senior team. Now, he has been capped by Argentina. I think he's going to be very good. Wasn't the best performance out of him. Now, they were in this situation because Anthony sustained an injury, um, probably from the whole ordeal that Casemiro tried to choke out a player last weekend. <laughs> Um, so he's down. Marcus has been on a tear. Marcus Rashford's been on a tear. And so Marcus is playing on the right. And then Garnacho's playing on the left. Now, everybody knows if you've watched Manchester United, you're a fan, or you just happened upon a game like Marcus at the center. Very good. Marcus on the left. Very good. Marcus on the right. Doesn't work out that well. He's just not that comfortable with doing it. You get Marcus on the left with Luke Shaw. Like they have unbelievable chemistry. So Anthony's not available for the game. Casemiro's not available for the game because of red card. You have Scott McTominay not available for the game because of an injury as well. And so this United team was like, eh, it's not the best, but it's also you're going up against Leeds at home where you've won 13 yeah. games in a row. Right. Uh, and so, yeah, they're down 2-0, and I actually I hopped on I hopped on FanDuel, and I'm like, I think this game's going to end up being a draw. I can't get oh, to did a, you Did you go get a bet in? I can't Look get to you. a United win, and I'm like, I think they're going to make it happen. Like, this is going to go well. So I put in for a draw and then an exact score line of 2-2. So I had a nice day. Uh, it ended up being 2-2. Now, the crazy part was, was there was like, what did United score the second goal? Welcome back, Jaden Sancho, by the way. Great to see him back. I know he's had some mental issues, some physical yeah, issues as right. well. Yeah. Uh, good to see him back. He got in the FA Cup game last week. Uh, I want to believe got some spot time in that. Uh, but comes in, scores a great goal, and there's like 25, 30 minutes left to go in this game. I'm like, let's push for a winner. Let's go right, for it. Yeah. Good job from Leeds. Really, yeah, they really held their good own job the, from Leeds. in the last like third of that game after, of course, giving up the lead that they yeah. had, but then not just letting the tide completely overwhelm them and then just giving up the entire ghost there. At least you got a point out of it, which – Every point's critical for them. Yeah. They're trying to stay up right Every now. Every point's critical for United, too, right Well, now. I know, right. So both these teams needed that game for different reasons. Mm -hmm. But I found it interesting. I saw this quote. So uh, Dara McAnthony, who is the Peterborough United chairman. Peterborough. Peterborough bad guys. They're bad guys. <laughs> now, you may remember uh, Brother Bone, my brother, Derek. He is uh, a super fan of Peterborough United. He's follow gone him on over Twitter, there. at Posh Abroad. Yeah, the Posh is what Peterborough United, that's their, like, nickname. So... He's been over there many times. And so I saw Dara McAnthony had something to say about Weston McKinney. And I thought, well, why? They're in the third division this year. They're not clearly in the market for a player like that. You know, he's coming from over from Juventus. Why, why would he have any thoughts on Weston McKinney? But here's what he said. Um, he said, was asked on this podcast that he appears on, 
uh, if he thinks Weston McKinney is Premier League level. And he said, no, not from what I saw at the World Cup. I don't think he is. But listen, I've been proven wrong. A lot of Americans have gone to Germany and done really well. I like the other guy Leeds have more, Brendan Aronson. I actually like him. I love the midfielder, Tyler Adams. I really like him. So it appears he was asked this on a podcast. And so I, I reached out to superfan, posh superfan, and friend of Dara McAnthony. <laughs> My brother literally emails and calls this guy frequently. When he goes over there, he hangs out with Dara McAnthony. Must He's be nice. visited him. Dara McAnthony's a real estate guy who also has properties in Florida and lives in Florida part-time. He's gone down to Florida to visit with him. So Derek knows this guy. So I'm like, hey, hey man, man. what's your boy saying? Why like, what's saying this that? about? And he said, well, I didn't talk to him recently about that. I don't know what that, where that's coming from. But he said this podcast that he does, he's essentially become like a pundit on BBC because he'll say stuff on this podcast. He's an owner of a soccer team. They'll hit him up and say, hey, could you clarify this? And so I'm not saying he doesn't believe this stuff. But I, I saw that and thought, that's odd that the Peterborough chairman would have something to say. Apparently, he's kind of become like a media personality in some ways by saying things, commenting on all different things in sure. soccer. And then, you know, they'll say, like, what did you mean by this? And he'll he'll be on TV talking. And it gets Peterborough United's name out there. It's not a bad idea. But I just found that interesting that, you know, I, I don't know why he said that necessarily other than either. I don't know what he saw in the World Cup that he didn't think yeah, made I him because I thought Weston McKinney had a pretty good good World Cup. I think he played pretty well against United yesterday too. I mean, I him and Adams he, were pretty that's, feisty. That's what I'm saying. That that combo <laughs> yeah. in the midfield that looks like a Premier League ready midfield. Yeah. And I'll tell you that I've I've been on the Tyler Adams bandwagon for a long time. Uh, saw them in the playoff game where Red Bull played the Crew, and I believe it was, I think. Pippa feeding a ball to Jossie across the box. And that was the goal that was scored that won like a one, nothing game for the crew in the playoffs against Red Bull a few years ago. And Tyler Adams was in that game and he was making ridiculous passes. He was eating up everything. He Red Bull got beat on one good play by, you know, again, good players. Yeah. It, it, Federico Higuain, great player. And then obviously Jossie, a great player for the crew as well. It was a great play. But Tyler Adams, in that moment, I saw that and said, oof, I get it now. I get why people like this dude. Hype. And then he, of course, has gone on to do great things since. But, yeah, I am I am so happy to see Tyler Adams, Weston McKinney paired up. I hope that can last because I think that bodes well for the U.S. national team. You have two guys playing professionally together. Of course, there's some downsides. Could blow up in your face. Sure. Could have two guys that suddenly are like, I don't like him anymore. And you yeah. get some – you or, or you get some fallout of something. Or maybe they play poorly together and – but either way, confidence gets shot down. There what is are, a chance ask, this becomes a nice pairing that stays together for years as we head to the World Cup in three and a half years. Let me ask you this question then. So we know that McKinney's on a loan, so it's not a permanent move, but also has the option to buy him at the end. Yeah. Do you envision by the time that the World Cup rolls around three years and change that they're still club teammates? It'd be hard to say that that's yeah. going to be likely. Because if they get... I mean, if they get relegated this year, like they're that's gonna, not happening. Like they're right. Yeah, they're gone. Well, here's what I'll tell you. I think Leeds United has Tyler Adams. They've got a bank account set up to keep him employed at Leeds United. Yeah. I don't think there's I don't I don't think I don't know if they're like that with Brendan Aronson, although maybe I think Brendan Aronson's really he good played player. pretty well when he got into the yeah. game. Late I just game. wish I wish he would get more chances. But obviously, I know they've got some guys up top who can who can do some nice things. So he's got some good competition there. But yeah, I, I, I guess what I would say to that is 
while I think it would be an awesome story if two U.S. players who have known each other since they were little Forever, kids yeah. are now like basically bossing a midfield in the Premier League for the next five years for a team that has a storied history. And if they are the one of the main reasons why that team can stay up the next few years and even possibly become more of a a player in a top 10 type of team, that'd be an awesome storybook ending. Do I think that's likely? No. You know, but what I know is this. There are going to be plenty of fans who will continue to watch Leeds United yeah. as long as there are U.S. players in those jerseys. And I have never seen a team that has gone this all in. Fulham comes to mind as having like they had McBride. Mm-hmm. They had Dempsey. They've had guys that like, oh, they've got the guy for the U.S. national team. You've got three guys who figure into who being are guys. mainstays yeah. on the U.S. national team for the next World Cup cycle, at least, if not the next two or three. And those guys right now are getting big minutes for your team. It would be a good strategy if you're trying to sell jerseys. It would be a good strategy if you're trying to become a bigger club in America. Is it the winning strategy to stay up in the Premier League and defend your position there and then hopefully build from that? I don't know. I'm not, I I hope, I want to believe it is. But that's the weird thing is we as American fans, if you care about the U.S. national team at all, I mean, you kind of have to be rooting a little bit for Leeds to not drop the ball here, right? Don't don't you want to see a team full of U.S. players actually be successful? I'm not yeah. saying that you wanted to see that yesterday, Beam. But I know what you mean. You want to see them probably. I would think most American fans, even if you don't care about Leeds, would be like, well, I hope they stay up, though, because I'd like to see this go for another few years and see what happens. And then I, I hope to see that, too, because I bought all these Leeds jerseys, so I need to have the investment panel. Neighbor Eric has a Leeds jersey, too. He should. Did he pick out a certain player? Or? I don't know. Yeah, well, I'm not not quite sure. He dropped, my, he, dro- he dropped Everton like a bad habit. I bought the. I bought. <laughs> Imagine that. Well, Everton's ever and Everton too. Everton is dropping themselves. It seems like at this point until although. they play Arsenal, right? <laughs> Which makes all the sense in the world. Of course it does. Yeah, that, that was baffling. But uh, Jesse Marsh, the last thing on this, so he's out now. What does that mean for the U.S. national team? It means he's in. He's definitely available. Yeah. Does he want the job? Who knows? Why wouldn't he? Well, I'll tell you this. There's a, there was a show called Top Gear. It still exists. It's a show called Ted Lasso. <laughs> Top Gear, British, the British version of it, always featured a challenge once or twice a season where they'd send the three hosts out to middle of nowhere somewhere and then give them $1,000 to buy whatever car they could find that would fit the terrain they were about to drive over, if it was desert, if it was a jungle. But they had to go do this with, like, $1,000. They'd come back with a car, and then the the joke, the running joke in the background was there's, like, uh, they'd always have some beater car, some gross car that they didn't want to drive, and it was like, hey, if your car breaks... You have to drive that. And it was like, they'd always show it kind of lurking whenever someone was like, oh, no, my radiator got a hole in it, and there's steam coming out, and they'd, like, cut to the other car that's just waiting, like, hey, you can get in this. And they were like, oh, I got to fix it. I I saw people floating Caleb Porter's name for the U.S. national team, and those are the vibes I got, was like, Caleb Porter's just hanging out back there. If you don't make a better decision, he, he's not doing anything. They will call him. Or they could call him. I'm just saying, like, the Burhalter thing not being resolved, maybe it's just Burhalter, and I'd be compared to Caleb Porter. I'll take Burhalter. <laughs> Trust me. And then Jesse Marsh seems like I'd like that more than I'd like the Greg Burhalter thing. But yeah. again, this guy also has no experience at the World Cup level with any of that as far as managing a team. So you might be in the same boat again. Caleb Porter, though, 
please. Let's not let it get to that. I floated that by Austin Ward when Caleb Porter was fired. And if you don't know Austin Ward, that's fine. This is a soccer podcast. Austin Ward, diehard crew fan. Big Buckeye reporter, though, in his day job, known as one of the voices of the Buckeye media that a lot of people look to. And he when he says something's breaking, people are like, oh, that's legit. Oh, that's a big, big yeah, news story. Yeah, and yeah. I joked with Austin. I'm like, well, you know, it was when Caleb got fired. And I'm like, well, congrats to Caleb Porter on becoming the next U.S. men's national team coach. And he, I thought this was a phone interview, and I've seen Austin many a times. There have been so many times where Austin, I feel like, has wanted to punch me right in the nose for mentioning that and now that you mentioned that that's like hey we got this guy back here it's like no 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 no, i'm saying i i don't i don't want to hear anybody i don't want to i don't want to see it floated i don't like the idea um i will say with jesse marsh experience wise you're not going to see many other people who have champions league managing experience premier league managing experience that are going to be up for this job yeah uh the other candidates that i keep seeing brought up are peter vermees with sporting kansas city who's not my guy i don't think he would really he just strikes me as like a Kansas city institution at this point, an MLS institution. I don't see him transitioning up to, he hasn't, I don't think he's going to be versatile enough to go just handle international players, players that are on international teams that deal with all kinds of different media and all that. And then Peter Vermees just strikes me as not right for that. Um, Greg Vanny has been brought up who is the uh, LA galaxy manager. And again, another MLS lifer kind of guy, uh, Jim Curtin, is interesting to me because he's a good manager in MLS and has some experience through the U.S. system and all that. I've heard him say he would leave. This is He just said this this past week or two. I would leave the Philadelphia Union to manage the U.S. national team even as an assistant. Wow. So that's a guy who definitely is saying, uh, if, you, if, like, if it's I'll offered, it. I'm in, and I would even do it to be an assistant. Now, maybe that's maybe he is a big fan of Jesse Marsh. I don't know. Maybe he needs a new contract in Philadelphia. <laughs> Maybe there's that. Yep. All I know is the options. Like if you had some kind of Jesse Marsh, Jim Curtin, one, two punch go in there. I feel pretty good. really good about that. Really good. All right. We'll take a break. When we come back, what's going on with Manchester city. We'll tell you because they broke a lot of rules. We'll discuss it next. It's uh, bone and beam United. Welcome back. Of course, you can always tweet the program at Bone Beam United uh, if you'd like to on Twitter. I also was thinking as we were talking about Dara McAnthony, Dara McAnthony from uh, Peterborough United, maybe it would be worthwhile to get him on. Would you want to talk to a guy who owns like there's been all this interest in Wrexham and all that stuff, sure. like with what's been going on there. And that's a fifth division club like Dara had a team in the championship last year. And then now they're in the third division again. But that's a team that they they're sending players out to bigger clubs. They are, I mean, Wrexham is is hopefully going to build to that too. But it might be interesting to pick his brain about what's it like to own a team. I would and, like to pick his brain on how do I become the owner of Southend and turn that around. Well, do you want to know from what I understand, like kind of how he got involved with all this? We could ask him about it if we get him on the show. Being a but, sports radio host? No, oh, that was. <laughs> He was uh, now he did have millions of dollars. He was a real estate you guy. Know, that's going to be an advantage that he has. Over yeah. Me. Yeah. That's that's <laughs> just put that in the column of things that worked in his favor. Had millions of dollars. I guess he had a real estate empire that he kind of built up. I don't have that. I don't either. But um, Peterborough United was run by a guy. Um, and so he had watched a documentary, which now the name escapes me. Damn it. I was just talking about this with Brother Bone. 
But whatever the documentary is, it was about the guy who owned Peterborough United. Okay. That guy, the documentary about him, voiced by Sean Bean. Oh, okay. Yeah. Uh, so my guy, your guy, spent a night at his house I, once. Right. Yeah. You famous story of where you were in England and you were just staying in a flat and it happened to be, yeah, you're staying in Lord of the Rings and Game of Thrones land all that of a sudden. Stupid. Right. Well, anyway, <laughs> so Dara apparently saw this documentary and the the club was in some financial straits. They had a lot of debt. So he basically said, I'll take on the debt in exchange for ownership of the team. And then he installed that guy who was the owner as the like head of football operations, nice. which I guess he's still there doing that but that's how he became owner of the club was basically saying i'll take on the debt so he didn't really have to buy it sure because <laughs> it was in debt so he, he just said, made them not solvent yeah well he just said i'll take on the debt and then we'll pay off we'll figure out a way to pay off the debts and then now they're out of that i assume i don't know i'm sure there's debt in some way but you sure. know what i mean he took all that on but now that's how that's how you get a soccer team so it's more than what you don't just walk in with like hey here's 400 million dollars you can probably do team. that too well probably less than that i would assume for what peterborough united was when he got it but you know i want to say that south end like i looked up like the club val like the entire club value and if it like were to go for sale it was somewhere in the range of like two million to eight million pounds are and you, i'm like I are feel you like kidding we could get the financing I, for like, that i feel like that's not bad Yes, I think then the issue becomes, all right, and so now we need to get some players and, or the stadium needs some repairs. Yeah, and it's like, right. so who's going to write that check? And it's yeah. like, oh, we we extended all of our credit to get the... We don't have that. We got like 20 people involved who all put up our like mortgages to get this team, and now that's all we have. So, hey. Who wants guessing, to buy a soccer club? <laughs> <laughs> yeah, can we flip it? Flip? We just, I don't know, find one of those like house shows where they buy a thing and then put some paint on it and flip it instantly and yeah, make money exactly. off it. We'll do that with like the they're doing team. in my neighborhood constantly. <laughs> yeah. The flippers are yeah. out of control. Um, all right. So here's what's going on with Manchester city. Let's Sli- hear it. Let's slightly, hear it. Let's slightly hear it. different issues. Um, so if you've not been keeping up with this from 2009, 2010 season to 2017, 2018 season, Manchester city were alleged to have breached rules that require clubs to provide accurate financial information to give the league a true and fair view of the club's revenues, including sponsorships and operating costs. What does all this mean? Well, you may know that the owners of the team are uh, from Abu Dhabi, uh, and it is the uh, brother of Sheikh Mansour, or no, Sheikh Mansour bin Zayed al-Nahan. He's the half-brother of the ruler of Abu Dhabi. All right. Okay, that's the Seems guy like who a owns big deal. It. Right. They now, also state-owned Etihad, which is the airlines. Well, and that's where some things came into play yeah. because part of the issue becomes – with the fair play rules, you have to be able to say this money that we brought in is sponsorship money. This money that we brought in is from ticket sales. Mm-hmm. This money that we brought in is from transfer fees that we received. And that money equals this big total number. This big total number, then we cannot spend more of a it's I think it's, it's some sort of very, very gray area percentage of your revenue measured against your profit and you literally punch it into a computer and it spits out like all right you can only spend six percent of your net revenue based on project it's a it's here, a, here's like if you're is. a financial analyst like this is what you're doing if you're a financial analyst yeah well here's here's part of it so here's what it has the premier league rules require clubs to disclose how owners plan to cover losses so you're not allowed so you can spend whatever you want like let's say your club makes 500 million dollars a year mm-hmm. you can spend $500 million a year. Like if Chelsea. If your club spend, if your club makes $20 million a year, 
you can only spend 20 million a year. Yeah. So if your revenues are high, you can spend more. But what you can't do is not make a ton of revenue or make way less revenue than you're spending yeah. just because, well, I don't care if I lose money. Like, again, if you're the sheik of a country or the <laughs> half brother of the guy who runs a country and the royal <laughs> fund is what's being used, that's different than, say, the guy we were just talking about, Dara McAnthony, who is, of course, running a third division team, but that team was in the championship. There's wealthy, and then there's like being a, a chic right. ruler of a nation. Wealthy. I mean, I don't remember what the, um, the Saudi Royal family, because yeah. they're involved with live golf and some other th- ventures. Newcastle. Yeah. Their, their monetary value, supposedly the state fund for like how much money they have to spend on all this stuff is supposedly somewhere around $600 billion. That's what the B. Like, Jeff Bezos and Elon Musk combined can't cover that. Like 20% of their. Right. So the point being, that's so much money that they could just say, oh, we lost $300 million this year. No big deal. We We can write a check. We lost it this month. Yes. Right. We lost it. It doesn't matter. But the Premier League has rules to mitigate that to say, well, okay, you're not allowed to exceed 105 million pounds, which is $126 million over any three-year period in losses. So if you, let's say, lost $200 million one year, and then the next year you make $100 million, and the third year you break even, you're good. Yeah. You're, you've averaged out over three years. You have $100 million in losses. You're fine. That's, lit- that's the number, too, that they're going it's, off. It's 105, 105 million pounds, or yeah. 105 million pounds, but yes. So what they're saying Manchester City was doing was taking an Etihad sponsorship and then saying, well, the sponsorship is actually they've decided to quadruple what it, you know, was agreed to, but all that money came in from sponsorship. Well, it's the same company. It's a a shell company. It's it's the same money. It's like if you not that it's a shell company. Qatari Airlines is a very well known and well run organization, but it's coming from the same. It's coming from the same pot in some ways. Yeah, and so the issue became similarly, if you know. Elon Musk bought a team and then was like, oh, I'm sorry, this revenue all came from Tesla. I don't know what you're talking about. It's like, well, right, but how much of that is your shares of Tesla versus your personal wealth? And if Tesla is the sponsor of the soccer team, how do we know that the Tesla money isn't your money? And so what is... don't. Right. And what's being alleged is they use some of that money to goose up what was in their profit and loss statements so that their losses didn't look like... So they abided by the rules by the accounting letter of the law, mm-hmm. but they were using trickery behind the scenes to hide some money mm. so they could spend more money, which undercuts the whole fair play thing. Manchester City, they are you might remember this because yeah, a we, couple, ta- we talked about a couple this years when ago. It came down. When it came down, UEFA said two year ban from European competition, which of course means no Champions League. And then they they appealed it. And then swiftly they were like, eh. Nothing. Yeah, Here's yeah. a fine. Was it like there was, a 10, 15 there was, million dollar fine? There was an appeal like and they were they paid a fine, <laughs> but they were basically the, to the a, court. To a person that's worth six hundred billion not in this case, that's a different different ownership group. But yeah. it's worth multiple billions of dollars, hundreds of billions of dollars. What is a fifteen million dollar fine going to do to a club? Well, right. So that that all happened when so when UEFA claimed that they then took this to the Court of Arbitration and Sport, which is like the international body in Europe that handles a lot of this stuff. Not corrupt. Um, 
And so they they even said city showed, quote, blatant disregard for the investigation. <laughs> but then they fined them and did not ultimately ban them from being in Champions League and I, all that. Also, just an aside before we, we go into yeah, the, yeah. the Premier League infractions. Yeah. I wonder with them knowing, like UEFA knowing that the Super League was going to be a thing and that was going to be coming up. If there was a little like, hey. Like, we know that you guys might want to be joining the Super League. We know you might have some stuff going on. I, listen, UEFA and FIFA are never one to decline a handshake agreement. Right, right. I just, I don't even, I don't know if there's any validity to that, but I'm now wondering of like looking at timetable and talking and like Super League was a big thing back when we were talking about this. Like, what was the negotiation? What was brought to the bargaining table of like, well, sure. City can say, well, if we're not in Champions League, we're going to be pounding our chest and be like, hey, Super League, join this. Yeah, right. So there was, there. It, it does make all those discussions seem a little bit different in that light, right? That clearly this was another way for them to be able, and, and for other teams too, to be able to say, oh, fair play rules? Don't care. We have yeah. our own thing now. Right. So sorry, UEFA, you can tell us whatever you want. We're not going to bother with it because it doesn't matter to us. Um, so part of the allegations now with the Premier League is that among all these other things that we already knew about with Manchester City, they didn't fully disclose contracts detailing managerial compensation from the 2009-2010 season all the way through to 2013. Uh, that would have been when Re Roberto Mancini was still in charge. And player compensation from 2010-11 to 2015-16. So, so again, they're not disclosing how much they're spending on these things or not fully disclosing it hiding some numbers, shuffling things around to then still make their fair play number look right, when in reality, they're actually getting around the fair play number. So this immediately raises two questions. One, will the Premier League make this stick? If it does, you can guarantee there will be some, you know, removal of records. There will be some, if, if they make it stick, I think the Premier League First of all, has not shown me that they are necessarily going to be committed to doing that. But supposedly these fair play laws are supposed to matter for a reason. You don't want this thing to just be the big three or big four all the time. You want other teams to have a theoretical chance, but will they actually hold to their guns now that one of the big money makers in the, in their league is getting popped for it. So you never hear from the premier league ever. Like you never, we don't, it's always no. the FA. It's always UEFA. It's always somebody else like ruling on this. I, I can't tell you many of times where I've seen like actual premier league statement. I couldn't right. tell you the people in charge of the premier league. I have no clue. Roger yeah. Goodell, Commissioner of the NFL, I know owners and everything like that. Like, he speaks on behalf of the NFL. Mm -hmm. Like, the Premier League is what that is. Top flight, governing body of the top 20 teams. I've, I've never, and again, I mean, maybe this has happened in the past. I should have brushed up on it. I've never seen the Premier League after actually hammer a team. I've seen plenty of times where the FA has come down. The FA, yeah, Football Association. Which governs which, the entire. It governs the entire structure of soccer in Britain. In the UK. Yeah. And I. <laughs> for a league to come down and say like hey this is a premier league problem this isn't a professional football problem right like this is you're dealing with us now i think for them even to come out and say these are all the charges against you we found you guilty of this now it's going to go off to some arbitration and there's going to be you know more of an investigation into everything the fact that they've come out against one of their most popular teams Yes. Whether I like that or not. Well, they are. They're, one of, like, the most they're one of the most popular teams in the world. With their success, why wouldn't you be? Tons of stars. Tons yes, of stars. Of they're bringing guys over left and right. They've won tons of trophies. The fact that they've actually made a statement on this and have come and said, we see some infractions here, and now we're going to get into investigating, I think that's already 
an indication of like, we're not going to let you slide because if they were going to let him slide, this would have just been swept under the rug with the whole like UEFA fine. Like, all right, we're good on that. We don't even need to look into. Yeah. The question becomes this because you're right. The Premier League, as I understand it, maybe I have this wrong, is essentially in many ways like the NFL. It is a collection of the groups that own these teams coming together to make sure everyone isn't getting, uh, you know, the, the, the getting a, they're getting an unfair advantage over the others. Mm-hmm. So it's in the best interest if in, you know, this league, Manchester City is breaking all these rules and all these other teams are like, well, we sweat it out and we do this all above the board. That's not fair that they've been so dominant when part of that is because they've just afforded better players and they did that by not bringing in the revenues they said they were. That is cheating, essentially. You are essentially yeah, financially che- this, cheating. This is cheating. And it wouldn't, like, it's not the same as, oh, well, they just cooked their books, so what, they don't have to pay taxes? Shouldn't that be a government problem? No, 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 this is not that. This is a problem of, you get a competitive advantage when you do this. You can bring in better players when you do this. Especially when you have unlimited coffers. Yeah. And so that that whole system is set up to prevent things like this. So I get why the Premier League has to come out with a strong stance. The question is, here are the punishments that technically are on the table when you breach rules such as Manchester City look like they have. Uh, you could get a reprimand and fines. Yeah, that's nothing. You could get points deductions. That's more of a thing. Yep. You could get expelled from the Premier League. Um, that's, that's not going to happen. No. They will not get expelled. But the points deduction thing could be very interesting if you go back and say, well, hey, we know these championships were all bunk. They're not legit. That could be a thing. Whether or not that's acknowledged or not, I guarantee you every fan of every team that was close in on championships with them, mm-hmm. every team that may have lost them in, in Champions League, they're all going to say, oh, but what if? I think United would have three more. Oh, really? Yeah. United would have yeah. three more Premier League. I think Liverpool would have three more as well. Yeah, Liverpool was right there too for a bunch of these. You're Last exactly year, right. Of course. Yeah. It came down right. to decision. It came day. down to decision day, of course. So this this is a huge deal that may end up becoming a very long and boring process where there's, you know, committees oh, looking it into it, it and, and, and three years from now we'll be talking about like, oh yeah, hey, no punishments. What do you know? Um but I saw Jose Mourinho has a very accurate, I think, Love accurate point Jose. on Jose. Jo- That's my guy. Jose for US national team. Yes. Yeah, let's bring him go. in. So the headline says Jose Mourinho says it's disgraceful about the Manchester City decision as there is a probe of these, you know, fair play laws. He said uh, basically back in July of 2020, he had said in relation to the decision, in any case, it's disgraceful. So this was the decision to give City a fine. Yes. Instead of holding up the two year Champions League ban. This is what he was speaking. Yeah. And he said basically... Uh, if they're not guilty of it, to be punished by some millions of dollars is a disgrace. If you're not guilty, you're not punished. In the other way, if you're guilty, you should be banned. And I think the same thing applies still today. That's why these comments are coming back. If they didn't do anything wrong and you can truly not prove it, then as why much are they as, being fined? Well, right. If it, so I'm saying I think a fine or a reprimand is yeah. a joke. Yeah. That cannot be the punishment from the Premier League here. And I, Josie has not said anything on this yet, but I'm sure he would weigh in on it to some degree, maybe. <laughs> I don't know. But Jose, I'm just, not shy of a microphone. No, but I'm just saying, like, he's right. He was right then. He's right now. If there's nothing that's been done, then don't find him. Don't do anything. If you find evidence that this happened, and it does, I mean, they've got a lot of receipts. I saw some of the different things that it's are like put in this report. hundred charges or something. Well, I mean, and they've got, there's, they've got text messages and emails from people saying, hey, make sure that this is in this account and not that account because it would look bad if it's in this other account that'll affect. And they, they don't say fair play, but everybody kind of is hinting around that 
that would be bad for the club if that were to get out. You know, it's just everyone can kind of see what's going on here, but they have to be able to officially say this happened. If it did, then they need to lose points, and that will affect the title race, may affect it. I honestly, I don't know if they'll do points adjustments going back those years, but holy cow, that could add a whole different layer to this. So I saw this come down, and this was a few days ago, maybe on Monday uh, of this week, soccer podcast day week. I saw this come down. It was like 5.30 in the morning, 5.15 in the morning, somewhere in the early morning hours our time, so like midday lunch, 10 o'clock, 11 o'clock over there. So I wanted to know, like immediately when I thought of this, I'm like, oh, this might be a big deal. I want to see what the odds are, like for top two, for top two, top two finishers. Like that's immediately like where my my mind went to. And City was still on the board as one and two. And them and Arsenal, like I think the odds were, I don't know, like minus 200 or something like not a lot of bang for your buck for top one, top two finish in no order. Yeah. United were right behind them at like, Eight to one with the top one two finish with Arsenal, and the Newcastle were there at like two hundred ten to one with Arsenal to finish oh, one yeah. one two. I put five dollars on United. I put five dollars on Newcastle. Sure. But I'm like, all right, this might this might be a big thing. Like City might get docked some points. Bone, I checked thirty minutes later, like at the start of a or maybe it's forty five minutes later, at like six fifteen in the morning. Top two odds off the board. Oh yeah, like they're just yeah. like, oh, this is a big. This is a big deal. This big effing deal. Yeah. So I mean, it's from wide range for I. I would be as shocked. I would be as shocked with polar extremes on this if they decide to give City a reprimand or a fine or if they expel them out of the league. Like both sides, I would be like jaw drop. They're going they're they're going to dock Manchester City points. That's if they it find ha- it to be if ha- they if they're found guilty, which they should be. It has to happen. Yeah. If this is all true and it seems that it is. They have to dock them points. Yeah. I just don't know the severity of it. Like, well, what is that right. going to we look like? Because Darby count. I mean, Juventus just got docked 15 points. Yeah. Right? Over right. in Serie A. And right. Darby got docked like 30 points yep. or something yep. crazy last year when they were in the championship. And then they didn't – they tried to make – like, hell, to make their way back up out of relegation. They ended up falling back down. I, I don't know what the point total is going to be. It will be – I think it's going to be pretty something pretty significant. I mean, could they do – that's, I guess, the bigger question is could they do a points total this year or whenever they settle this that says this is guaranteeing you're getting relegated? Yeah, you could drop them 50 points from the That's get-go. what I'm saying. Like, I was just going to look up the table real quick to see what the, the standings are uh, as far as, like, point totals to, like, not – but, I mean, they could essentially do whatever they want with that. They could also do something where – it says, all right, well, for all these years, we can't retroactively go back and do this. So anytime these next eight years that you're in the Premier League, you're starting with a 15-point deduction from the jump. Like right, I mean, That's something yeah. that they, they can do. They can do that. Um, so right now, just for whatever it's worth, Manchester City is on 45 points. The relegation line is 18 points. So They would need to be dropped. Drop. Well, I'm saying if you get docked 30 points like Derby County was, you're in relegation zone. Now, I don't think they would stay in relegation <laughs> yeah. zone, obviously. but Pep Guardiola also had some interesting comments about this a couple of years ago as well. He said, if I found out that I was lied to and we're not running things above board like, and I wasn't being told the truth of what was going on, like I'm out. Right. Yeah. It's. Uh, <laughs> I hate to say to see it. Yeah, <laughs> I hate it. It's it also so bad. it also it kind of feels like uh, super troopers when uh, the you know, the I'm just using all kinds of references today. But when the 
the main guy, the leader of that troop is like, if one more guy says shenanigans, I'm going to piss off. What's the place of the shit on the wall and the mozzarella sticks? <laughs> that reaction. Oh, shenanigans? That Ooh. reaction where they all go, oh. It's like, ah. It's like everyone's doing that now with Pep. Like, oh, you said it, though. It's, oh, hey, what are we going to do here? Are you a man of your honor, Pep? Right, Come on. right. So Erling Holland isn't scoring. Your team's cooking books. I say it's time supposedly, to get out. Yeah, Holland is... Uh, that's all the I, I don't believe it, but the rumors are that he wants out and Good. everybody wants out. I can't make it in the Premier League, man. Yeah, he scored in a couple. <laughs> he's games. just not. He's not really. He sucks. He's <laughs> terrible. What a loser. <laughs> anyway, yeah. he's a bad guy. Bad guy. He's a bad yeah. guy. Uh, so last thing before we go, real quickly, Matthias Messi. You might recognize the last name. He is the brother of Lionel Messi. Uh, he was on Twitch apparently on his son's Twitch account and was answering questions about. Barcelona. Now, again, this is all being translated, so perhaps the translation does sure. not lend itself as good as it could have. Um, but there was a question about Barcelona not retaining him when he then went to Paris Saint-Germain. And uh, so Matthias had this to say um, on the Twitch account. He said, Bar Barcelona began to be known because of Messi because before no one knew it. They knew Madrid, Real Madrid, that they would repay him like that is not good. Um, he said, for those who had the opportunity to travel to Barcelona and a Barcelona's museum, it is a me it is Messi's museum. I'm telling you all this so you can see what comes out of our guts. So, I, I mean, that sounds to me like he's saying, I'm speaking from the heart, yeah. you know, is maybe how I would have seen that being translated. But whatever, the point is, he has now apologized for this because Messi was like, uh, I no, I don't think that. And for those of you who don't know, like, Lionel Messi's great. He's the greatest player perhaps in the history of world soccer. And in Barcelona. And in Barcelona history. Um, but Barcelona was known before Lionel Messi. Yeah. They they were a thing. It was not like they had, it's not like Wrexham, no offense to them, like to keep bringing them up, like where it's like, oh my God, they landed Lionel Messi. Now everyone knows who they are. It's like, not Southend. No, like that, that would it's be. It's not Peterborough. It's not Sunderland. Right. It's also not like where, do, whatever the team is that Cristiano Ronaldo just went to. Yeah, I don't know. Well, that team, right? Whatever they're called, which we don't even know their name. If later on they become very world famous because of this and everyone now is like a first name basis with them and it's all because Cristiano Ronaldo went over there and played, you could say no one knew about them until Cristiano Ronaldo. That's not the same. This is a team in Saudi Arabia, right? <laughs> is that where he went? Saudi Arabia or yeah. UAE? I forget. Either way, that's that's what these comments would pertain to. So now uh, Matthias Messi has said I was just joking around, which – Okay, fine. Maybe he was. Maybe I, maybe again, when you see it in print, it looks like, wow, how could someone say this? But maybe he was just like, ah, you know, Barcelona, no one knew him before uh, Before we got there. It's always yeah. the best way. Like, I was just joking anyways. I wouldn't be serious. Well, could that. you imagine if people took the stuff we said on this show in jest where we're being sarcastic about just certain things? The they printed it out. Like, they said Thomas Tuchel is definitely coming to be the U.S. men's national team coach. It's like, well, we we were kind of joking about Erling Holland we, is a bad Erling, guy. Erling Holland sucks. I just said Erling Holland sucks. Put that in print. No context. Erling Holland sucks, says local podcaster T-Bone from 97. Says local fan. idiots. Right. Yeah. No. So I don't know if that's what the content of this was. I but did find it, was, it fascinating, too, where he's like, yeah, you know, contracts up at the end of the year. We're definitely not going back to Barcelona. Because he was also asked oh, yeah, about yeah, that. Yeah. He's like, nah, no, no, we're good. No. And he also says now that's a joke. So he's, so nothing. Yeah. That maybe maybe the brother shouldn't be like. Let, let Lionel Messi talk for himself. When anybody questions come about, like, hey, what about Lionel Messi? Be like, ah, he's my brother, and I love him, yep. and I have no comment on can You can, you can ask easily him about access that. him. Yep, go talk to him. I'm just on my son's Twitch account. 
<laughs> Man, doing it all for the sun, I guess. Trying to get the sun's Twitch account some clicks. Oh, yeah. Probably worked. All right, that's it for us. Give us some clicks. You can subscribe to our podcast wherever you're listening to this podcast. Just hit the follow thing or the subscribe thing, and, you know, that way you get every one of them when they come out. Uh, until next week, see you at the bar. Bone and Beam United.